0: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I have watched Absolute Aids all fucking season being a Charlton
1: fan.
0: My fucking season has been horrible. I came here to fucking cheer myself up. And then these cunts, fucking with their fucking 50 grand of fucking wheat fucking prostitute cocaine fucking limousine. Cunts! Absolute cunts! And they
1: to be shit without any summer shit!
0: Welcome to this week's Failed Critics Podcast. I am the returning Steve Norman. Yes, I had a very nice holiday. Yes, I am happy to be back on the podcast. Yes, you've all missed me. I'm joined (laughs) by Owen Hughes. Hello. And Andrew Brooker. Evening, guys. As we take a look at the last week or so of film, including new release reviews of Independence Day Resurgence, um, as well as what we've been watching and other things as well. How was it in my absence? Tell me what happened.
2: Well, Britain collapsed around us as you were gone. We. Uh... I know, we've Brexited
0: everything, haven't we? We've, we're not in the European Union, we're not in the European Championships, we're no longer reviewing European films. Yeah. Um, just, Brex, <laughs>
2: just Brexit everything. Yeah, you, le- you left the country for two weeks, Steve, and look what happened. And look what happens. I can't go away again, can I? No it's your fault i've just
0: got to go on holiday to cornwall or whatever and do was it francis drake who was playing um balls What is it look bowls when the um, yeah. i've got to do that so i can keep my eye on things exactly <laughs> I, I was i discovered i'm really good at water polo <laughs>
2: how are you is that a new a mm. new avenue for you to head down
0: at? yeah yeah mm. i mean seems if it seems like, like a very marketable in, skill If it's in the Olympics, I'm not too late. I could still get a call-up. I don't know if it's an Olympic sport. Uh, We also won bingo as well while we were there. So, lovely holiday.
2: Bingo. There's no skill to bingo.
0: No, but it was actually good (laughs) prizes because we got, like, free parasailing and a a massage and that. So, it was actually some good prizes.
1: That
2: seems like a terrifying
1: prize to give to somebody that... Most likely is about ninety years old because they're playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the funny one was in, in one of the rounds before us. One of the, the
0: hotel had like a hairdresser salon in it, or salon, yeah, salon, whatever. But the, the guy who won a, a free haircut was bald. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> anyway, um, this is just padding because I haven't done a quiz this week. I've completely forgotten, um, and I want to get back into quizzing on. Um, a good foot, so I'll do it properly next week. But, but you did have to watch the do-over. I I did have to watch the newest Adam Sandler Netflix uh, collaboration, which was the do-over. What was the western that they'd done?
2: A ridiculous yeah. 6.
0: Yeah, well that was that bad I turned off. I didn't have to watch that as a quiz. Mm-hmm. loss. I just decided to watch it because it was a reasonably big thing Sandler and Netflix coming together and Producing you know collaborating horseshit. yes yeah. and that film I, I turned off before the halfway point so the do-over is Adam Sandler and David Spade they're two old school friends who haven't seen each other for a while and David Spade's character's left quite a, led quite a straight-laced life he's a bit henpecked by his wife um, his kids treat him badly you know aren't very respectful of him just a very boring place. And his, his, his friend comes back into it and you know, claims to be an FBI agent. You know, fake said death, so they they have a do-over. They can pretend to be someone else. They can live a better life. They're, everyone in their lives will think that they're, they're dead, so they can live a better life or whatever. Um, and then the story unravels from there. And I watched all of it.
2: Oh, well done. Yeah, you Made it all the way through.
0: Yeah. Um, it is... I'll tell you, it's not a great film by any means. As a comedy, it isn't that funny. I don't think I laughed once. I think I might have smiled once, but I can't remember what it was at. Um, but uh, if you want to, if you want to look at a positive, it's 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 still an Adam Sandler film. So it's still pure, it's still childish jokes, it's still predictable gags, it's still sex jokes and knob jokes and fart jokes and and all that kind of thing and gay jokes. But it it and and a little bit misogynistic, and but it's it's and less. So,
2: gets a really hot girlfriend who's twenty years younger than him. He he doesn't actually. No, does his mate?
0: No, no. His his mate does a little bit, yeah, but yeah. he he doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. And it's and it's all of those things, but a, but a bit less than usual. So maybe maybe there's signs that he's he's turning over a new leaf slowly. I don't know. <laughs> But <laughs> you know, that, the, the, thing, the thing is, it's, it's one of those comedies kind of where it isn't that funny. Um, but you're, you kind of watch it and there is a bit of a story to it. So you kind of want to see how it ends. That's probably the best compliment I can give it. I wanted to see how it ended. I wanted to see how the plot resolved itself.
2: That's not really a particularly good sign for a comedy. I mean, it's like <laughs> the absolute opposite to how a comedy film should work. Well,
1: yes, but you know, I didn't want to turn it <laughs> off. It was so tragic; I just needed to see how it ended.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mm. But yeah, it, it's it's not encouraging. It, it's not making me want to watch their next film if they're doing another one. Um, oh, they will be. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Um, what's
2: the, how like many a three or four film deal? It's somewhat but, ridiculous. It's like five or six, even I think.
0: But you've yeah. also, you know, you've also got Ricky Gervais linking up with Netflix, and that special correspondence was garbage. So, you know, can't they? Do
2: something with somebody funny. Well, supposedly Netflix know exactly what you want, and they make a formula to you know all their shows and films will fit a formula to match what the you know statistics of their demographics have come up with and said.
0: Yeah, but I mean, if I was on my Netflix now, and I'm not going to turn it on and go through it to prove a point because it would just take too long and be boring for everyone. But like <laughs> you, so says so because you like it's so on your Netflix. You're all the different genres that it brings up. And it says, "Because you watched this, you might be interested in this." And when you're scrolling through that list of films that Netflix is suggesting for you, think, "How the bloody hell are you recommending me a rom com because I've watched Die Hard?"
2: They, don't, they make no sense,
0: do they? No. <laughs> some some of them do. It'll be like, "Oh, you've watched Die Hard. Here's The Raid." Or you've watched um, Independence. That you watched Armageddon. Here's Deep Impact. Hmm. But sometimes it'll it will literally be something like, "You've watched." Independence Day. His four weddings and a funeral. Well <laughs> yeah. what are you getting from this? Has there been some bit part character who's been in both films? And that's how you're linking it. I'm a big fan of some extra who's been in both films. I don't know how they work it out. Um,
2: well they nobody does really. They don't reveal any of that kind of stuff. That's like that's their um you know, moneymaker. That's how they decide how they're gonna make their money is based on know. the information they collect.
0: So obviously Netflix have just put their prices up in the UK mm-hmm. by what, about £1. fifty a month, is it? Something like Something that. Something
2: like that, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and, and they're obviously trying to justify it by A, making original content and B, bringing in some big, big names to make the original content. A lot of the... Not, it's not TV, because it's on Netflix, obviously, but a lot of the like television show-style original content has actually been really good, but the movie side of things, bar maybe Beast and No Nation, mm. hasn't been. And it's just one. It's just wondering when the viewers will start thinking, I don't actually want big names. For my extra one pound fifty a month, I want quality. I want quality movies, or else I'm not going to bother with you. Mm-hmm. Rather than thinking Adam Sandler, oh, they got Adam Sandler, they got Ricky Gervais. Right, well, I'm fine paying that one pound fifty extra a month, rather than. This has been rubbish. If they don't start giving me something decent, I'm going to pack it in and go to Amazon Prime or
2: something. Although Amazon's pretty shite. Well, Amazon Prime. Is,
0: yeah,
1: it's, you know, take, you I'll take my money, money elsewhere. On, uh, on distribution as well, aren't they? They spent a the fortune on films at Sundance this year. Mm, they did. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting when that actually you know, materialises on your Netflix subscription, if it does.
2: Yeah. You'd uh, hope so. I mean, if they are going to spend all the money, you'd hope they're picking good things.
1: You know? But the thing, the thing with with places like Sundance is you don't get like massive hits out of there, do you? You get farting mm. like, uh, fighting corpse films, <laughs> at Sundance. So you know, and while you know, we might watch it, is your average Netflix subscriber going kind to of want to watch
2: stuff like that? And also, are they going to you know people who aren't subscribed to Netflix are they going to subscribe based on the fact that they picked up a little indie film made for fifty thousand pounds that was shown at Sundance? Yeah. Probably not. But, you know, I'd rather that than them give Adam Sandler however many millions of dollars he's got for his movie deal. But I guess part of it is prestige as well, isn't it? If they say that they can get these people. Because they're constantly in war against, you know, primetime or cable shows. Uh, or not shows, but, you know, the providers in America. Um, ABC, HBO, NBC, Fox. They're all sort of competing against each other. And whether they make good titles with these actors or not is probably of little relevance compared to Yeah um you know what kind of standing it puts them in against their, their rivals.
0: Um anyway, should we move on to the news?
2: Yeah, it's all doom and gloom though, isn't it? Can't we just Mostly. talk about Netflix some more? I know. <laughs> I um yeah,
0: so I found the the first the first piece of news for us, which was um uh, announced the last couple of days with regard to the Star Trek actor Anton Yelchin. Mm-hmm. Is that how you pronounce it, I believe. Yeah. Um, who passed away in an accident um, this week?
2: Uh, yeah, well, a little over a week ago. Yeah, a little over yeah. a week ago. Um, he, uh, yeah, really unfortunate accident that that occurred. I mean, I, we don't need to go into details about why. How he died or anything like that, but you know it was really unfortunate. And uh, twenty seven years old he was. Another mm. of, of these famous people seem to die at twenty seven years old. But um I really uh, another, another one in twenty sixteen as well. What another horrible, one. horrible
0: year for for famous people dying.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's um. It just it's intent on making itself as shit as fucking possible 2016 but yeah I mean it's just a terrible shame that Anton Yelchin's died I've really liked him for years I mean I think the first thing I saw him in was Fright Night I saw that before I saw Star Trek um uh, uh, you know the Fright Night remake that is I think he was really good I really liked his performance I thought he was funny he had good chemistry with Imogen Poots in that who of course he then went on to work with again this year uh, for Green Room, which is one of the best films of the year. I know you were a big fan of that as well, Brooker.
1: Oh, Green. it's spectacular film. He was brilliant in it, but the, mm-hmm. the whole film was just... It blew me away. Uh, and he, you know, his performance in it was just outstanding.
2: It was. It was really good. I mean, I didn't realise he was quite that young, either. I didn't know he was 27. I thought he was a bit older than well, no, that. because he, he looked like that for about 10 years. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, other little things that he's been in, Odd Thomas. He was good in Odd Thomas, um, which I don't know if it's still on Netflix. It was on Netflix before. I saw him in Experimenter this year. We are in, he only has a small part, but again, he's really memorable in that. But then, of course, he's also done some quite big films, and probably um, most noticeable among those are uh, the Smurfs. No, the, I mean the um, Star Trek films, which he's been in. Yeah. It's Chekhov. And, uh, yeah. You're you more of a fan of those films
0: than I am, I think, Steve. If, if well, I, not so much the um, Ralph of Khan remake, but the the first one. Mm-hmm. As someone who's not a Star Trek fan, I've, I've not watched the TV shows. Obviously, you're familiar with them. You can't not be familiar mm-hmm. with Star Trek. It's a cultural phenomenon. But you know, I thought the the first of the the new films um, with with Yelchin and, and Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto, etc. Were kind of a re- was a really good way to kind of re- to reignite the the series introduce n- the mm-hmm. old characters to to new fans and kind of pay homage to the um original series and it kind of went a bit wrong with um into darkness and who knows mm-hmm. what will happen with the um
2: Star Trek Beyond with
0: yes um, which mm. the, trailer, the trailer actually looked okay for when I saw it, but that could go either way, I suppose. Yeah, it could,
2: yeah. It could I, go I wouldn't say way, I,
0: ma- but... I wouldn't say I'm a massive fan of them. I'm certainly you no know, I Just thought that the the first of the the films was a kind of good way to to get people into it while um, you know respectfully mm. get keeping Trekkies on board. Yeah,
2: I think I, mean, was, and...
0: I think it was quite well received by Star
2: Trek fans as well. Yeah, um, he was sort of silently appreciated, I think, because yeah. he- he came into the role as Chekhov was, you know, Chekhov wasn't the biggest character in those films. He wasn't the biggest no. character in the TV shows, the the TV series either. Um, but he he was um, liked. I think is the main he, thing. He
0: gave he gave it the silly Russian accent like he was meant to. He came up with a catchphrase. You know, I can't remember because they all had their catchphrases and they all did them in the first film. Mm. I can't remember what Chekhov's was. Um, uh, yeah. We'd have very,
1: we very quickly heard the other side of it if uh, he'd have been shit as Chekhov, wouldn't we? He'd have been exactly, yeah, annihilated and Oh yeah, he, the Trekkies would have been crying everywhere, wouldn't they? Uh, Trekkies and Star Wars fans—they're rabid, all of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, and and this was what made Star Trek One so very good was the fact that it it kept all the Star Trek fans, well, most of the Star Trek fans yeah. happy. But, you know, yeah, I thought Yelchin was great in it, and. I always kind of assumed that was his real accent or
2: a kind of play on his real <laughs> accent. That, you know, his name sounds very Russian. Well, he's, yeah, I think he he was originally, or his family are from Russia, anyway. Yeah. Although his family aren't Russian as such, I don't think. But anyway, yeah, so he he, he has that bit of background to him. So it was kind of okay for him to pull on an accent like that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So what um, else? What else did we have in the news then, Steve?
0: The only other real thing I could find in the news—it seems to have been confirmed this week—that James Earl Jones will return to the Star Wars series in um, in Rogue One, which obviously very, very strongly suggests because you're not going to get him to play anyone else that that Darth oh that Darth Vader will be returning um, to to Star Wars in Rogue One, which will be interesting to see how much of a role he has, if it's just a cameo appearance, um, or if it's a, a bigger role. Obviously, for what we know of Rogue One, it's of the plans to, or the, the mission to steal the Death Star plans, which will lead us into episode four, A New Hope. Um, and I know there's been, been reshoots, but um, lots of excellent films have had reshoots. I'm not too concerned about that. But um, the, the, all the promo material on the trailer look fantastic for it. I'm really quite positive about this first film in the uh, expanded Star Wars cinematic universe. I'm the first one to coin that term, and if it takes off, money.
2: It's a, <laughs> a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I think we've talked about my, you know, familiarity with the extended universe, and I don't we, really know none anything of us about us the know books, your so.
1: opinion on Star Wars. Do, do share.
2: Well, I mean, just like, <laughs> specifically the extended universe. I don't know anything about it. The well, most that I know comes from Chewbacca's supposed to be dead, but isn't. Well, uh, no, because... Oh, the
0: the uh, expanded universe um, was before Disney bought the rights to yeah. Star Wars. LucasArts commissioned, uh, allowed lots of books, comic books, games, whatever... Um, and they were, at the time before Disney bought it, canon, although George Lucas could overrule it. As so say, he wanted to make, uh, when he made the prequels, he overruled a load of stuff, um, and then it had to be retconned and whatever, but the extended universe was canon, and it went far beyond the end of uh, Return of the Jedi. You had comics that, that featured a, an ancestor of Luke Skywalker about 200 years afterwards um right to stuff that featured his his children and Han and Leia's children. As soon as Disney bought Star Wars, that was all non-canon. Doesn't count anymore. No one's making it anymore. Disney have commissioned their own um novels um and comics to be made which are now canon. Um, but all of the stuff previously isn't now. That's that's how that's all works, basically.
2: Right. Okay. So <laughs> Yeah I mean I, it doesn't really interest me much I'm no, very bad so because the, I'm
0: the only the only, the only casts, things but... the only things that a canon are the seven films that have been released uh any subsequent films that are being released by Disney the clone wars tv show uh the rebels tv show which is actually really good for a, a kids tv program and any comics and novels that have been released under the disney banner of for star wars um so all this expanded universe stuff is is now defunct. Um, whether or not Disney decides to draw any inspiration from any of it um, is yet to be seen, but it hasn't come to fruition so far. Um, so- but uh, in regards to Darth Vader appearing in Rogue One, obviously he's an iconic movie villain. He's got that iconic voice from James L. Jones. Um, it could go either way. I think, personally, a cameo is him to kind of intimidate or you know be a foil of the, the Imperials in, in it, this film would be good but so a larger role may not quite work, but we'll we'll see.
1: So do we think that he's kind of been you know obviously I mean you mentioned we've had the news of reshoots, which every film has. I don't think it's an issue that the films yeah. had reshoots in the slightest. But obviously we've had the news of reshoots and a couple of months later had the news of him definitely being in it. Do we think he's been added to it? as part of the reshoots, maybe on P- on orders P-
0: from those above. Possib- possibly. Um, possibly not. I mean, sometimes films do mostly keep a cast member, a character under wraps for quite
1: a while. Um, it just seems like uh, a weird uh, character, too. If you're going to keep it hidden, you keep it hidden until release date. But yeah. they've said that they're doing reshoots, and there's you know, uh, the stories have said that Disney aren't happy with what Gareth Foss's face have done with the film. So now they've yeah. pushed out the... The Darth Vader's going to be in it, hoping that people go, oh, but Darth Vader's in it, I'll go watch it, scared that no one will go see it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I,
1: just, I, I think... Just a theory. I, I couldn't care less either <laughs> way.
0: We'll just have to, to really wait and see when the film comes out as to what, what is going to happen. But it's interesting that, it, that he's going to be in it. For a Star Wars fan, not for Owen. No.
1: I'd, be, I'd be interested no. to see... What they do more from uh, from a continuity point of view than a, as a fan's point of view. Yeah.
0: So now for what you have been watching, where we take a look at what we've seen in the last week or so that aren't um, new releases. Um, Brooker, what have you seen this
1: week? So, I I sat down and watched a little indie film called Sabura. <laughs> uh, sorry, what was it called? Sabura, I think it's called. S-U-B-U-R-R-A. Sabura? Sabura. Mm-hmm. It's Sabura.
0: I thought, I thought Owen was teeing you up then
1: to sarcastically tell you how it's actually
0: pronounced.
2: No, I, <laughs> I would never. I would
0: never.
1: I Well, I don't speak Italian, so if someone that speaks Italian wants to correct me, I will happily let them. I did... Uh, after I'd watched it, I, I ran it through Google Translate, and apparently it means slum. Mm. So hmm. uh, it's, it's a it's like a it's a crime like a mafia based political crime thriller. Uh, it, I mean, it hits the same beats that pretty much every mafia film has ever hit you know, across the years. It's you know someone wants to to turn this beachfront property that's not really worth much into the new Las Vegas uh, but instead of being in the states it's in Rome <laughs> so it's kind of like this these intertwining stories of this one guy who brokers deals across uh, between mafias between this gypsy family that live in this massive great complex but it still looks like a caravan inside it's just a fucking state
0: well, uh, I'll be the will be the judge of that, and not all caravans look like a state. Thank you very much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sure yours looks fine. mate, I'm I'm positive <laughs> it's fine.
2: I bet you chose the the most perfect caravan to stay in in Wales. Yeah. Mm. That's a little nod for uh, mm. Paul.
0: <laughs> his,
2: Hi, Paul. His incessant insinuations over the past couple of weeks. Mm. <laughs> Bless. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's
1: uh, I mean, it's, I, I'm absolutely gonna butcher like every name I read out because they're all you know Italians. So it's made by a guy called Stefano Solima, or Salima. Uh, he's responsible for the TV show or a lot of the TV show Gamora, which I don't know if you guys have seen it.
2: Oh, right, okay, I right, right, okay. No, because I have seen the film Gamora, not the TV show. Oh, okay. No, I don't yeah. think he had
1: anything to do with the film. No. Okay. Right. Right. No. But he'd done a lot of he he directed a lot of the episodes of Gamora, and it it does have you know a lot of the same uh, beats through it. It's that kind of that kind of show. Mm-hmm. But it's the the film is it's it's a very basic story. It's like I say, it's it's uh, politicians being bribed. It's crime families making deals. And very quickly, one of those parties has to do something to make everything go wrong. Uh, and as is al- almost always the way, it's the politician who, after a night of drugs and sex, finds himself with an underage dead hooker on his hands. As and, happens, you know? As, you know, it does, you know. To the happens to the best, yeah, and, best. And it Well, it does, you know. Ben Affleck, dead hooker in his trailer, all the time. <laughs> That one that one's for Paul as well
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but but yeah so he so he gets the uh the local hood to give him a hand and hide the body, which turns into this guy then bribing or blackmailing the politician and to try and keep himself safe politician talks to another friend of his who organizes someone to scare the guy that's blackmailing him and ends up killing him. Turns out this kid is the brother of the head of this gypsy family. And all just kind of implodes from there. Uh, I mean, there's not much else to say without mm-hmm. really spoiling the film. But, I mean, it's really, really well put together. It, it When you sat watching it, I mean, every crime film, so you know exactly how it's going to end because every crime film ends exactly the same. Well, every crime film of this caliber ends exactly the same. Uh, but it, when the, uh, about the halfway mark, when all the stories suddenly uh, become the same story, it's just, it's white knuckle, edgy, you see, it's absolutely brilliant. And I, I think I said this in my review, if, if it had been in English and you just sat and watched it, you absolutely would think that Scorsese made it it feels like a Scorsese film when you watch it. It's absolutely amazing.
2: Yeah, that's quite interesting. When I, I mean, obviously I don't know about the, the TV series, um, but when I was looking up the film Gomorrah, which I thought we were, <laughs> we might have alluded to <laughs> that, that whole film is based on being quite um, realistic, believable. in a yeah. sense. Um I mean, would you say it's the same for, for Sabura or. is Yeah, it just- absolutely. It's, It's not
1: over the top. It's not The Departed. Mm. (laughs) You know, it's... It's not ludicrous.
2: No, it's not completely...
1: I mean, there's really stupid bits in it and there are a few ludicrous moments, Mm. but it's for the most part, it's it's grounded in reality and it's it's really good. It's really gritty. It's... I hate saying gritty because every film's fucking... Yeah. But it is an actual... Before everybody was trying to make gritty films, this is a gritty film.
2: I think you uh, said on the review it was grimy,
1: which yeah, well that, that works well as well. It's a really grim, like a dirty little film. It is. Mm. It's really, really good. I mean, I would recommend it to almost everybody. I mean, obviously it's Italian, so if you don't like reading films, it ain't for you. But assuming <laughs> you know, you have the yeah. basic skills to read a couple of lines on the screen at the same time the film's on.
2: Well, I don't know. Fifty percent of the population. Fifty-two percent of the population at the minute. <laughs> Would they or be
1: to bothered? Be, to be <laughs> fair, if the the other forty eight percent watched it, that would be amazing. <laughs> because yeah. I don't know anybody else that's heard of this film. Uh, <laughs> I like huh. I said to you before we recorded, I mean, the nearest cinema to me showing this film is in Borumwood, which is quite a trek from Milton Keynes. It's got almost no cinematic release in the UK. It's an absolute travesty, but it's all on VOD. So if, if if the 48% of the country that voted to stay want to, uh, want to go and rent it from iTunes, I'm sure the guys that made it and Netflix will be very, very happy. Because obviously it's got a, a follow-up TV series coming from Netflix next year, which looks like it follows on from the end of the film. But okay. I'm not sure. But I mean, I'll be watching it either way because, yeah, this... Very quickly from... From only having really heard of it a few months ago to watching it this weekend, it's, it's quickly in my top five of the year so far. Okay. The film I saw um, after getting back from holiday was
0: The Conjuring. Intending on, because I thought The Conjuring 2 wasn't out just yet, I intending on reviewing The Conjuring 2 for the podcast. It appears I've got that all wrong. It's already been done. <laughs>
2: it's yeah, amazing I'm- what
0: things for a couple of weeks will do to my brain.
2: Well, it, yeah you can talk about it anyway because I quite like the Conjuring and I I had to stick up I had to stick up for it because Paul is not a fan of any of these kind of uh, bigger budget Lionsgate New Line Cinema sort of movies so well, go on I mean, what did you think of it I like it um, it's one of the better
0: modern horror films produced by a bigger studio um, it is in essential standard. Haunted house story or possessed house story or possessed whatever story. Um, it is a lot of jump scares. Sometimes it is a bit predictable, but it is better than most other films that come out in its kind of category. Like you said, the Lionsgate kind of horror films. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it is better so much that it makes it good. It it certainly kind of stands out within that genre. Especially films released sort of in say the last decade, um, but it, it's not perfect by any means. It's not. It wasn't. It wasn't doing what I always go on about. I wanting horror films to make me do, which is not be able to sleep well at night. I want to watch a horror film that will shit me up. I want to watch a horror film before I go to bed and think I can't sleep. Now I got to go and put four episodes of Family Guy and ITV2 to watch them because I can't sleep at that moment because I think <laughs> something's going to come out of the wall or something's going to possess me or something's going to go mental yeah.
1: You should go it, watch the, great, forest.
0: the Forest
2: The Forest
1: The Forest just bored what? me to sleep Well this is it, it will scare you, not because it's scary but it will keep you awake at night thinking shit I actually spent money to watch that fucking
0: <laughs> I could have, I after watching The Forest I could have happily walked through a forest at midnight and not given a yeah. shit <laughs> That's how not scary that was.
2: Uh.
0: <laughs> how about The Witch, though? Did you watch The Witch?
1: Oh, fucking hell, yeah. You wouldn't walk through the woods after watching that thing. I've not,
0: I've not seen The Witch yet. I've heard good things, but I've not managed to see yeah, it yet. But no, right? the forest was uh, was terrifying. I'll tell you what, one night, this is nothing to do with films, when my <laughs> girlfriend was there, we were, we were just bored one night. The weather was terrible. It was it was the winter. It was dark. It was windy. It was chucking down with rain. And we, we just finished dinner in Bournemouth. And we thought, should we go for a drive around the New Forest? We liked the New Forest in the day. Fucking don't do it at night like that. There was somebody so that, who... That's
1: absolutely the beginning of a bad horror oh, film. I'm telling hmm. you, at one point, we did actually
0: drive past a car that had pulled over to the side of its road with the hazard lights on and someone trying to flag people down to help. And I drove past... <laughs> oh you asshole <laughs> she's fucking driving bullshit my girlfriend, look, my girlfriend looked at me and went don't stop I'm not, <laughs> I'm not stopping i'm not stopping i've seen enough films to know this is bad this is stupid and it was just driving yeah it was yeah that was scary but anyway well, did, you, I, did
2: you think he would be though in the car it's not really
1: don't stop gonna be we We've all watched enough films to know you just don't stop to find out.
0: Yeah, would you have stopped, Owen? Yeah, probably. Oh, you would have been dead then, wouldn't
1: you? <laughs> you just been <laughs> wearing... on this podcast tonight.
0: Yeah, you've been wearing your f- your face as a mask.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have any skin left. Just, mm. uh, yeah. Anyway, mm. the cut
0: the yeah. conjuring. Um yeah, I, I liked it. it. It it was a kind of improvement on a lot of films similar to it. You know, There's a lot of Haunted House or Possession films that come out now and they're just kind of really bland and by the books. And this wasn't that, but it still wasn't quite there for me.
2: Uh, yeah, it's not scary. Did you watch The Country in 2 in the end then? No, I've what? not seen it
0: yet because I didn't even think it was out yet.
2: Uh, <laughs> Yeah, two weeks off, scrambled your brain as well as it ruined the country.
0: Yeah, it's 47 degrees one day. I mean, come on.
2: <sighs> Bloody hell. Yeah.
0: Spent, but... the, spent the day on the water. Just sat in a swimming pool. Sat in the shallow end. Not getting out of here.
2: No. Don't blame you. <laughs> um, but the uh, I didn't see the spin-off from The Country. They had a spin-off film, didn't they, with the doll? Uh, the doll. fucker I what it was called. Uh, uh... Uh, uh that thing anyway i didn't annabelle. bother with that. annabelle annabelle, annabelle. yeah the, the re- reviews i read for that were saying it was utter fucking shite so it's
1: because it, it done that thing didn't it where it, it it saw something that was mildly successful tried to spin it off but then didn't let the original director do anything with mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and you know love him or hate him I, james wan actually makes a really decent horror film uh, I think he
2: makes a decent film in general. I think he knows how to structure a film. He knows how to get good shots into a movie. Yeah. Um, get, uh, you he, know, he can build character. I just think that he
1: doesn't... He doesn't have... always hit the mark. Like Insidious yeah. did not do it for me. I did not like Insidious at all. No. But but uh, like, all his other... I mean, I've loved him since I sort of saw the first Saw film. Mm. Uh. But yeah, he, I think, makes a really good film, but not having him involved in the spin-offs... Because there's, there's a spin-off to The Conjuring too, as well, isn't there? That's coming.
2: Uh, is there?
1: Yes, there is. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, so I don't, it, I don't know how much it spoils. Hmm. Uh, I just know The nun character is getting a spin-off.
2: Oh, God, really? Yeah. I'm
1: almost certain there's an Annabelle 2 coming as well.
2: I'm, I'm less surprised about but that this is The fucking yeah.
1: problem, right? The Conjuring is a decent horror film made by a decent horror director, and it's one of the better Lionsgate, paint-by-numbers piece of shit horror films to come out. But then they go and fucking do that, and the only thing they've actually had success with doing that, as far as I'm concerned, is The Purge. The first Purge, <laughs> guff. But hmm. the second one, they got the fucking idea right and made a fantastic film.
2: And... They, made, they made The of the movie, didn't they? Really. Well, this is. And this is yeah. But it, it was
1: a good take on what society would do if you gave them that kind of permission whereas the first film was basically a home invasion movie and the purge was the reason that the cops weren't around for this one Hmm. you know uh but lionsgate just even when they get a good idea they just rinse it and ruin everything about it and i i find it really hard to to cheer on lionsgate even when they do something good because i know the second they do something good they're gonna shit all over it
2: i will say i think i think these i think the conjuring is new line cinema I'm not Is sure it?
1: if it's Lionsgate. I, then yeah. I apologise to Lionsgate, but only a little bit, because <laughs> New yeah. Line Cinema are pretty pretty much spot on for doing it as well. We've all seen the fucking uh Nyland Oh yeah, series. I'm not
2: saying I'm not but, saying it's um, you know, better than.
1: than I thought Lionsgate. Lionsgate. It looks like a Lionsgate for
2: It feels like it, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it's just one of those jigsaw films, isn't it? Just get all mm. the bits and put them together. Here's your horror film for this year.
2: I mean the the thing is though with the Conjuring two, uh it's fucking long. The sequel is really long. I mean it's hundred and thirty minutes I think.
1: Yeah, that's is, too long for a horror film.
2: It is. You're but... not scared. By by halfway through, it's shown you everything. It's yeah. you know, there's no you can't just build suspense for two hours, you know. Two hours and ten minutes of just constant teasing. Just doesn't you get no. bored by it
1: by an hour through, do not you? And now you're just waiting yeah. for the damn film to finish.
2: So what they do instead with the Conjuring films is they don't hold stuff back. They introduce things quickly. Um, yeah. Which I think is credit to them in, you know, they recognise that if they are going to make this thing which they think deserves an epic story like the Enfield Hauntons, you know, the Enfield Poltergeist, then they they just show you stuff straight away. Which may, yeah. means it's not it's not scary. It's not... It's not really a scary movie, um, but this, the story kind of makes it, you know. But anyway, I will look forward to seeing what you make of the sequel then, uh, Steve. Okay. You mm. okay. Did I the uh, The Darkness? The band, The Darkness, with just... No, no, was, no
1: the, 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 f- <laughs> the film The Darkness with Kevin Bacon.
2: No, I don't think so.
1: Uh, I was hoping somebody had seen it because it didn't appear in my cinema when it came out. Well <laughs> and it looked really fucking um, scary.
2: I did see the one we saw the trailer of when we went to see Deadpool was it the boy, which was with oh, the yeah. doll. That was just bobbins, really.
1: Well, yeah, I, I, it kind of looked like it was going to be a bit. Sh- I mean, that kind of doll thing creeps me out, so that bit would have been creepy. But the rest of it, I, you know, even when the thing came out, the picture in the damn trailer I was like, yeah, I knew that was coming mm. a fucking
2: mile away. That that is the problem with these. But I think because uh, you know, not defending. Um, all of these films, and I'm not having to go at people at like Paul, But you do just end up having an assumption that, yeah, modern horror film, it's going to be like the boy. It's just a yeah. fucking, you know, made to a blueprint of every other film. You know, you can just imagine someone tapping the director, you know, producer tapping the director on the shoulder and saying, uh, well, you haven't put this bit in." You know, yeah. it's kind of you know, that's how they, they come across. So You need it's, something it, to jump out of this shadow
1: at about forty five
2: minutes. Exactly. You know, where's the three D gonna fit in this scene? Yeah. But, but you know, but there's like things like the Conjuring, they kind of seem to seamlessly go into that bracket of films, but break them old a bit. And it's it's nice to see someone putting yeah. effort into making a film like that.
1: Oh yeah. And occasionally you do get a go I mean, I know you weren't a fan, but we are still here scared of the living daylights like out of me. Mainly because even though it was pretty by the books, it still was. It was really atmospheric and really good. And and uh, the witch is the same. Well, breaks I, mo- yeah. Breaks most of the moles. Scared the living daylights out of me. I think both of
2: those films, though, are more indie, aren't they? Yeah,
1: you know, and that's still the thing, and, thing, isn't it? It's it's keep the big fucking studios out of it and let filmmakers be filmmakers, and you get good films like that.
2: Hmm. hmm. Okay, Lowen, um, what have you seen this week? <laughs> well, speaking of films that broke the mould, and horror films in particular, uh, I watched Hellraiser again, because why the fuck wouldn't I, really? Why not? It's a classic. I really, really like Hellraiser. I've uh, It's one of the... F- We're going to have a triple bill on this topic in a few weeks, I think, maybe into August, um, which is about films that frightened you. Right. So not necessarily horror films, but the films that scared you the most at some point in your life. And Hellraiser for me, when I was a kid, um, when I was little, my parents had some friends over. They were in the dining room. We were in the living room. And it was just me and my brother. I think I must have been about six, if, if that, five or six. And I knew of Hellraiser. I don't know how I knew of it. And it was on TV. And I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this. I've heard about Pinhead. This is going to be really scary. It's going to ship me right up. Uh, well, I probably didn't say shit because I would have been about six or seven. But my little brother, who's two years younger than me, sat in the room for about a minute and then went and told my parents we were watching Hellraiser because he didn't want to watch it with me. He was that scared. So I, I didn't get to see Hellraiser until I was much older, um, which is probably a good thing. Otherwise, it would have scarred me for life because it well, yeah, is that,
1: that that's the kind of thing that turns kids into serial killers
2: it's yeah i probably avoided <laughs> you know some really <laughs> traumatic childhood because of it but um man it was just such a good film it's i mean i don't know how many people have seen it these days because it seems to not really be discussed as much as maybe it should you know people talk about influential classic horror films and clive Barker's um Movies. I mean, basically, Hellraiser 1 and Hellraiser 2 are two parts of the same story. I think they're both based on the same book, which was Hellbound Heart, yeah. uh, which he wrote. Um, although you can watch both of them without... I mean, well, certainly you can watch the first one without needing to watch the second one. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's just this thing which is opposite to how films these days are made, in which it sets you up to have to see the next film, You know? Yeah. which we'll talk about later, I presume.
1: But you uh, but you say that I mean Hellraiser had eight films in total.
2: Oh yeah, the, just countless, countless sequels. Really, this,
1: this, this never-ending stream of ashcan shit. Well, it's <laughs> the,
2: because it's because of these things where you you know the studio loses the rights to it if they yeah. don't make a film every so often, so they just put out the cheapest, shittest, easiest, quickest to market and make film they can just so they don't lose oh, yeah. the rights. So. Have you seen um, all the sequels? No, no. I've, I think I've you, literally only seen Hellraiser, Hellbent Heart, and Hellraiser Three.
1: So they the, they're stop there. Just that's you don't need to yep. go any further than that. I mean, four does the typical fucking horror thing when you run out of ideas, and four goes into space. <laughs> I, I okay. shit you not, with a giant space station that is really the uh, Chinese puzzle box. Wow. Yeah, wow,
2: <laughs>
1: and it is all downhill from there. And I hunted all five of the sequels out after number three because I'd only ever seen up to three. Mm-hmm. And eight is basically Scream. It was clearly it was a script right. that was put okay. together after Scream. It mm-hmm. was just a teen slasher film. Someone decided they weren't going to make any money doing this film, and at the same time, we have to put Pinhead in something so we keep the rights. So they just made this slasher film and stuck Pinhead in in the last 20 minutes.
2: Yeah.
1: It was fucking (laughs) gut.
2: Well, it's, you know, regardless of the quality of the sequels, the first is still very watchable. I think this. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: We've recently watched one to three uh, because we we got the uh, that very pretty, very limited Arrow box set that they released.
2: Oh, yeah. And
1: yeah. All three, in that they've, they've had 2K restorations, and all three look gorgeous. And they are fantastic films still. You know, even three, which gets really stupid, is still <laughs> a really good film.
2: Well, it's weird, isn't it, three? I mean, I've, I found it weird anyway, because the first two are very much like atmospheric horror films that try to. Um, tell story through images and I don't know how wanky that sounds, but you know it's it's the point of the whole sort of sadomasochism thing and the idea that the only that there is no difference between pleasure and pain they're just you know part of the same emotion and it's it's all this expressive stuff and it's it's very heavily um trying to build on its on its Im- i mean the bit with um the uncle what's his face he just crawls across the floor very quickly in the attic I mean, it's like yeah. on screen for about a second and a half, two seconds. But it's just like that has more of an effect watching it than anything in... Well, like The Conjuring that we talked about or most of yeah. these modern horror films. Just that snippet of something. Or, or like the blood dripping through to the floorboards and the heart pumping underneath. Or the, yeah. the first time you see the Cenobites. And you don't, you don't know what's happening. It's not explained at any point. There's no point in the film when you and you know before you've seen the center but it's really not even afterwards that it you know what is going on you know it's there's no character who says you know don't mess with that box because if you do then hell's sort of sailor masochism demon yeah. things so who like to stick pins in their face and you know torture yeah. you will appear it's, there's nothing there's no like explanation which is great because the impact of them when they're on screen Uh, it's just heightened you know yeah you you don't you don't know and that's what kind of makes it scary you Uh, say
1: that it's it's really interesting uh like before i first watched hellraiser and i suppose you're probably the same everybody knows who pinhead is oh yeah whether whether or not you've seen hellraiser everybody knows who pinhead is he's like he's up there with some of the most iconic horror movie characters Mm -hmm. he's on screen for 15 minutes he
2: doesn't have a lot yeah that's right
1: he doesn't have much screen time and i'm pretty sure some of the other Center bites have more screen time than him mm-hmm. well, know, yeah right?
2: the fat guy who's on for yep. quite a bit yeah. It,
1: yeah it's amazing how that little amount of screen time has has created such an icon and the dude he makes a living now just going to cons does not he and yeah you know, yeah and he actually he's done a big post actually saying he's not going to be he's not involved in the uh the new hellraiser the remake that they're doing which, well, kind of, yeah. which kind of... I mean, obviously, Doug Bradley's getting a bit old, but at the same time, Doug Bradley, he's, he's pinhead man. Yeah,
2: I know, yeah, yeah. It'll be a real um, shame to see him step aside, but you can kind of understand, I guess. Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, I guess he doesn't really need to do it for the money anymore. Um, no,
1: no, he, he just... He sells merchandise and goes around to cons. You know, people pay for autographs and photo shoots and that, and lit yeah. him... He makes a kill in doing that. Hmm. But yeah. But yeah I, mean, I mean, the first one absolutely a classic.
2: Yeah, the second one's not quite as good, I don't think, but it's still, it still it continues the themes and the story and the characters and it, it's yeah. it's definitely worth watching in a double with the the first one. It's, the third one, I want to watch again because the first time I watched it, I was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> you the know,
1: first was it. all good until a uh, Cenobite killing people by lobbing CDs at them.
2: It just goes. CDs, that bit. come out
1: of his chest.
2: Yeah. It, I don't, <laughs> and all the like electronic stuff that comes to life is just like, um, it's not like watching the same series of films. But
1: uh, and, all, okay. all of that is made up for because, you know, motorhead done the theme song for it. So, you know,
2: well, yes, that's a good point. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, hell, Hellraiser, It's one of my favorite horror films. Um, I will probably revisit it every few years as I uh, seem to do anyway, but it's it, it doesn't seem to lose anything on a, on a watch again and I'm you know I, I want more people to watch it to talk about it with because I, I think that it's as I said at the start, I think it's slipping away from one of these sort of uh, it, you know it doesn't get talked about in the same breath as as Halloween or alien, but I think it's probably on the horror genre. You know, just as influential.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it's more cult than all of those ones, though, isn't it? It's, it's definitely, it's got a following. Uh, yeah, very- I suppose so.
2: It's more the, it's more the Evil Dead than Evil Dead Two, I suppose, in terms yeah. of its popularity.
1: Uh, but- it's interesting. Like I say I bought this, uh, this Arrow box set that they released. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called the Scarlet Box. If you ever see it going cheap, absolutely pick it up because it's got this gorgeous art book inside it, and you know. Tells the story of of Hellraise and all that, and it's absolutely wonderful. But within, I think they said within an hour of the the box set going on pre-order, it was out of print. <laughs> they, wow. they just, there was no way they could keep up with the uh, with the numbers they wanted. You can't buy it anymore. If you know, if you look on eBay, it cost me seventy pound to buy it direct wow. from Arrow. Wow! On eBay, it's on there for about two hundred quid.
2: Bloody
1: hell! People pay stupid money for this box set is fucking insane.
2: It's crazy. Yeah. I mean just on the the topic of the artwork though, um, I just remembered I did buy I can't remember how many issues it was of the the re- well I say recent comic, probably around 2011-12 when it came out, but that that uh, Clive Barker actually returned to tell more of the story of Hellraiser. Oh. Yeah, which continues after the second film, I think. Um, oh, wow. and it's yeah, him going back to tell the story of uh, Pinhead so you get more background on him and the sergeant character that he was and yeah. uh, explores his relationship to the, um, the daughter and stuff. It's just, it's actually a really well-written constructed comic and it's just as gory and beautiful in terms of how it's, drawn and illustrated but still just like sickeningly horrendous to look at imagery <laughs> um which is what i wanted i suppose that's what i wanted from yeah. the hellraiser comic and it's definitely worth checking out if you see it cheap on Comicsology. usually i think they had a, sa- a sale on hellraiser comics a couple of years back so it might be due to come round again whenever um nice. they do a run on horror comics it's worth picking up i'll
1: keep my eye on that one
0: Here is the part of the podcast where we have a look at some new releases from this week. We're going to take a look at two films. First up is Tale of Tales that Brooker has seen.
2: And I've seen as well. And Owen's today. seen as well. Yeah, in fact. Because I, I watched it because... Well, I wanted to see it anyway. I've heard lots and lots of positive things about this. Um, uh, I wouldn't call it an anthology fantasy film, but it's certainly multiple stories. Uh, kind of fairy tale stories, in um you know a Brothers Grimm style, uh fashion that are interwoven. It's very well, very loosely interwoven. Anyway, um, but I wanted to watch this because it, yeah, it's just getting such good write-ups, uh in in reviews online and stuff. Um, but it's currently available to rent through Google Play, whilst it's still in the cinema. Uh, and at the minute Google Play have a fifty percent off on rentals, uh, a code to get 50% off if you've got a Google account. So I managed to rent this £4.50, which is cheaper than two cinema tickets, to be fair, you know. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't get two cinema tickets for that. You might, Steve, at your local independent cinema that you seem to be very fond of these days. But, uh, yeah, £4.50 for for this was worth the money because I thought it was really, really interesting. It was really good. It wasn't... uh... it wasn't like Disney fairy story, was it? I mean, it's fantasy stories, but it's, I suppose, well, I yeah, grim. It, <laughs> uh,
1: the only way I could describe it, because I was telling someone at work today uh, about it, and because we watched it on Curzon Home Cinema, which, because yes, right. they, they get a lot of stuff where it's, it's to read at the same time as the cinema, so not quite mm-hmm. as cheap as Google Play, uh, but I'd run out of iTunes credit on my US account, so I had to go Curzon. Uh, so yeah, 10 quid to sit and watch it at home I was quite happy with that uh, mm-hmm. I described it to somebody if you can imagine uh, Tim Burton and Guillermo del Toro have been asked to make a film with no budget and to sit down and figure it out they sit huffing paint in Ray Harryhausen's basement <laughs> yeah
2: that's a good so you description
1: you get this film <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah I mean it, it... Yeah, I mean, it's based on some Italian uh, writers' fairy stories. <coughs> you know, it's, act- it's actually based on uh, 17th century fairy tales. Uh, let me have a look what his name is. Oh, God. Uh, Giambattista Basile. How's that?
1: Well, Will you that- know, I can't be the only person butchering names today. <laughs> so,
2: yeah. Yep he he wrote these in the 17th century in Italy um well so, so they the, these are just some of his stories and uh you know you've got a really strong cast you've got Salma Hayek you've got Vincent Cassell, John C Reilly Tope Jones you know there were some very if not well known names and at least recognizable faces throughout the whole um the whole film really the stories and it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's about 2 hours if you take out the end credits you know, which usually add on. I think on this, I actually counted there was thirteen minutes. Of yeah, end
1: the, credits. the end credits went on for a long fucking time.
2: Yeah, so the film, the film is, I would say, smack bang two hours, um, in total, and it's it. It doesn't feel like it's going on for ages because there were lots of stories, and it's they're not just like, they don't seem like filler. They seem like each one has had a lot of care and attention to put put into to making them watchable on their own. Um, you know, even I mean on their own each of these could be films. You know. You could imagine these being in the cinema as individual stories. Um yeah. but they do feel also very authentic and of their time. You know, they haven't tried to modernize them, they haven't tried to update any of the, you know, politics of it or the way that it's written. I think uh, you you still feel there's a bit of magical stuff going on and stuff that maybe hasn't been explained is just based on fantasy stories and is made up. And I just thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed the performances too.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that completely. I have to, I did, Vincent Cassell, I think, uh, stood out in the film for me. I thought he was amazing. I mean, Vincent Cassell usually is. But did you notice the uh, the look on his face when you first see him? Mm. When he first appears, and obviously, you know, he, he's in this, this carriage and these two girls going at it, and you've got no idea he's there until he sits up.
2: Uh, yep. <laughs>
1: and just, he's got this look of bewilderment on his face, as yep. if he was asleep and then woke up and didn't realize why or didn't know why he had a face full of muff. <laughs> <laughs> just this look of shock, horror, and surprise. Yep. I just, I creased, I legit, I burst out laughing. Mm. But that for me kind of set the tone for his whole story.
2: Yeah, I was a bit unsure at that scene. I t- sort of said to um Alita when we watched it together and I was like I don't really understand what that scene was for because it just <laughs> looked like it was simply to have a bit of, you know, lesbian's kitten. Yeah. Just that, just
1: to have a bit, a little bit of go and go action because why the hell not?
2: That's ex- exactly how it felt. But, you know, like, you're right. You, you then quickly learn that, okay, it just sets the tone for his character, for Vincent Cassell's character. <laughs> um, although, you know, it is a little bit at odds with how his story progresses with the elderly lady in the hut. He, Isn't like, that... It's so horrible. It's...
1: <laughs> I, God, I don't it, think that it, two pieces laughing at how fucking mean it is. It <laughs> yes, the... The people lobbing <laughs> out the window. It's really dark,
2: isn't it? I mean, <laughs> Literally, it's... no fucking about. Get her and throw her out the window. <laughs> but that's what I mean about it. It seems very... Um, it, it's not attempting to update the morals or ethics of it. It's just like, yeah, this is probably how it was imagined in the 17th century when it was written, and why change it? Why change it? Yeah. You know, the point of it is still the same. Uh, no, absolutely.
1: It was, it was it felt like someone had slipped me shrooms before I started watching it. <laughs> it was, it was yeah. just it's such a bizarre little film. But it was so good. And I have to admit, like sometimes when you watch a film like that, I drift mm-hmm. and I kind of go in and out and I just I lose track completely of what's going on and now I'm bored. I don't want to watch anymore.
2: Well it's it's directed by um Matteo Garoni, who's the guy who directed Gamora that I was talking mm. about earlier, the film, not the T V series. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I mentioned then that he he creates a realism with that film. And I think yeah. here, again, although you have got a Queen getting pregnant by eating the heart of a sea monster, um, and then giving birth within a day, it still yeah. feels in terms of how the characters interact and how it's um presented that it still feels kind of kind of tangible and real you know yeah oh yeah
1: absolutely i have to admit i kind of went in i wasn't sure what i was letting myself in for mm-hmm. uh and it took me a little while to kind of get my head in the mindset for you, the you have
2: to adjust to it don't you but i mean but it's... this is it but that opening
1: 10 minutes that you know dude suddenly underwater killing a sea monster yeah salma Hayek eating the monster's heart and getting pregnant, and the other woman getting pregnant as well, and the yeah. same kid you know uh, by the time that happens you're good you either you're okay with this film or you've turned it off already yeah yeah, uh, and I think by the if you can get through that bit, you're you're in the right mindset for it and but it's not a film you can walk away from you know no, no. you can't you can't pop to get a cup of tea and Come back because you, you'll lose yourself completely,
2: yeah. Well, we uh, our phone we that phone calls stayed, and it's been like we tried to watch it. And then within the first two minutes, like literally, I think the you follow the circus guys who walk into the the queen's king's parlor, and then you see the black hooded guy he sort of introduces how they have to get uh pregnant, yeah. The king and queen can't you know, John C. White is the king, Sam Hayek's the queen, they can't have a child, so he says, you must capture the heart of the sea monster and have a virgin cook it, but she has to be on her own when she cook it and yeah. cooks the heart <laughs> and you will become pregnant instantly. And then the phone rang, so he had to pause it. So that's like within the first two minutes. <laughs> and then we watched it again for another five minutes and then the phone rang again, so we had to pause it again. But, I mean, luckily we managed to watch most of, well, all of the second... Um, Half of that film uninterrupted. interrupted, and I think you're right. If you, if you go in, I mean, if you were in the cinema, this wouldn't be a problem, would it? Because you would just sit and watch the whole thing. You wouldn't have a choice. Yeah, you, and maybe-
1: you're there. You're in the. You might as well stick around. You know, unless yeah. it's absolute gubbins, you, you're not gonna. Yeah. You're not gonna get up and walk out. But for a home viewing, it was it was weird to watch a film like that at home first.
2: Mm-hmm. Although I am quite pleased because I think that. Um, being able to discuss it as it's happening was quite, not helpful, but it was just, it, it makes it more of an experience, I think, because you're talking, you're like, what the fuck are they doing now? I mean, I literally just, I I, I literally said that at one point, point. was like, what the fuck? Because it yeah. just, it's one of those sorts of movies that makes you just constantly question the bizarreness of it. Oh,
1: absolutely. I, when you yeah. just look at it and you go, am I, am I really watching this? Yeah.
2: This- there's a giant flea. <laughs> it's, it's when she fought, when she's like lobbed out of the window, as you said, and she's in the blanket. And then what happens next with the woman oh. who finds It's like what the fuck?
1: <laughs> you uh, uh, me and the wife sat and watched it. We we're just we were gobsmacked
2: completely because just what the fuck is this? I, but I, I didn't I did for this. I loved that about it. I loved how unusual it felt and how different it was. Um so I mean I I you know it's got an international cast to it. I it's probably gonna be one of my top ten films of the year, I think. Um I just thought it was really good. I'd really recommend it. And like I say, at Tale of Tales, uh it's it's four pound fifty to rent if you've not used your fifty percent off voucher at the moment on Google Play. Or as Brooke Search can get it on Curzon. Or just go to the cinema like a normal person, I suppose. But it's, it's another one, you know,
1: things. it's the second film this week. had a fr- had, came out on Friday, technically, and had a cinematic release, which is good, because I'm noting these films that technically have a cinematic release, so I can use them in the Foul Critics Awards. You know. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, yeah.
1: But again, you know, I'm up in Milton Keynes, nearest cinema to me showing Taylor Tales, Oxford. Mm. I'm not travelling to Oxford to see a film. Certainly not to see a film that is quite I quite possibly would have wanted to get up and walked out of because I had no fucking idea what I was letting myself in yeah. for mm-hmm.
2: okay uh, the The second film we're going to talk about I know has had lots of walkouts, certainly for my Twitter feed anyway
1: I didn't have any walkouts while we while we went to see it I, There were a lot of bored looking people I was mm-hmm. too engrossed to to look at people
0: walking out. You were in, just encaptured um, by the magic the film. The film, film. is, the film yeah. is yeah. Independence Day Resurgence, which is 20 years on, the sequel to Independence Day, which me and Brooke have watched this week, and I'm sure I Owen has seen. And I did. It yep. is, and, it, and it is, for me, one of the best films of its type. <laughs>
2: okay.
0: if, you're, if, you're to, if you're talking huh. summer blockbusters, big, stupid action films... Independence Day's up there. Oh yeah. The what well, the original
2: got, you mean? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. The yeah. original. Well,
2: Roland it <laughs> Emmerich. From ninety
0: six. Yeah. It's it's got Will Smith at his best. It's got Jeff Goldblum at his best. It's got Bill Pullman doing well. Randy Quaid doing well. It's big. It's stupid. It's loud. It's it's action. It's fast paced. It's got a a ridiculous storyline that just about holds together. It's but just... but
1: it's, it's from before Roland Emmerich disappeared up his own arse.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: Yes, but it's just—it's just great, isn't it? Oh, the the first one we uh, we uh, again we we bought the Blu-ray of it because they they've just done a nice uh, well they're doing <laughs> they're doing a four K re-release of it so they then downscaled it for the the new Blu-ray and mate it looks gorgeous like you can tell it's twenty years old. But it looks amazing. So we sat, you know, watching it as if it was the first time we'd ever seen it. I was well, you know, well excited. You've got Randy Quaid being a mental and being a conspiracy yeah. theorist and
0: a drunk. And you got Bill Pullman, Bill Pullman giving got speeches. Will Smith, welcome to Earth. And that's <laughs> how I spelt Earth in my review of the, the surgeon. <laughs> earth, how it should be spelt. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's great. Um, resurgence, though, not not so much, but still, I think <laughs> we disagreed that we, that we enjoyed it. We were never bored, and we, we're glad we watched it, despite the many, many flaws.
2: Well, that's but the surely... thing. We, you told me beforehand, because you saw it before me, and we were yeah. talking about it on email, and uh, you said that, you know, it's not great, but you're not bored. And I think that mm. exactly summed up how I felt. It's a big... I think I said in an email to you, it's a big pile of meh, isn't it? But, there's, you know, but you, you're not tired or it doesn't exhaust you from just the sheer right. lack of anything happening. There's constantly things going on. There's, there's, uh, there's
0: some things I did like. I did like the start of the film where it, is, it kind of explained to you what's happened in the intervening 20 years, what's happened to the world. I would have liked to have seen more of, more of that because I Mm -hmm. I actually found it quite interesting how the world has had peace because everyone's united. They're expecting the aliens to come back. They built bases on the moon. They're doing this. Um, You've got this tribe, kind of tribe type thing, war, warring warlords, whatever in the in the in the desert in Africa. All of that. Why
2: couldn't who are
0: who who are fighting aliens still and still have you know? Because some obviously aliens managed to get away and hide or whatever. That that was really quite interesting. But then you had. david levinson's dad adopting some kids on a school bus which was completely fucking pointless added nothing to the story and they could have either cut it and made the film shorter or put something more interesting in there
1: after going on the single most brutal and brilliant theme park ride ever on that fucking boat yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was the funniest thing i think i've ever seen on the big screen this fucking yacht going 10 to the dozen on top of this (laughs) wave's
2: As a yeah, a massive alien ship is landing and pushing all the water. I mean, it, it's probably one of those films it's best not to think about too much because... But well, this
1: is, it is one of those films, you try and bring logic to it and you're absolutely going to ruin your experience.
2: It's just a dumb disaster film. I hesitate to even call it an action film because there's, the action... <laughs> it's shit, another lost. shitty
1: summer blockbuster, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, considering the guy who made Twenty Twelve and Day After Tomorrow and all those mm. those things that I just hated. I, I like I before. like
0: the Day After Tomorrow. I don't like Twenty Twelve.
2: I just thought both of them were turgid piles of shit. But and the, Ten
1: Thousand BC.
2: Ah, exactly. All that's sort of, no, thank you. But the, but Independence Day and Independence Day Resurgence to a lesser extent um, are watchable, and I for better or worse, whether you're watching it going, this is stupid, but you can't take your eyes off it, or whether you're watching it going, fuck yeah, chase those aliens. I mean, it's just like, there's no middle ground for this. There's no way you can watch this like as a critic, as a reviewer, because you, you won't find anything positive to say about it. If you watch it in your cinema chair with a bag of popcorn and you know big cup of Coke and just as, a, as an audience experience... There's plenty to be enjoyed by it. There's um,
0: the, the performances from the, the, the lead cast were very hit and miss. I found the, forgetting the, the bit part characters, so um, David Levinson's dad, um, Hiller's mum. So you go to the main one, so you go to David Levinson with um, mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: the, the ex president and the um, guy played by Brent Spiner. They were all good. I thought they the were all good characters.
1: you have to remember that—that's an important point. Yes. The fact that yes. President walks around with a cane. But,
0: but I thought—I thought—I <laughs> thought, I thought they were all—they were all good. The the new cast. Liam Hemsworth was was fine, but the rest of them. So the, the president's daughter, um, Will yeah. Smith's son... They were just terrible. It really needed Will Smith. It really needed somebody in, like... Because David Levinson, uh, Jeff Goldblum's character, is the science-y kind of guy, so he's not the action guy. He's the science guy. In the action-y guy role, it needed somebody with some charisma, and he didn't it have that. needed someone to cheer for. It yeah, needed, yeah. It needed Will it's, Smith punching aliens it, in the it, face.
1: That's it, what it, it needed. Because you had you had Bill Pullman, obviously, and you had, like you say, you had Jeff Goldblum as a scientist, dude, But what you needed was somebody who was in the action who was flying a jet or punching aliens or whatever that you could just, fuck yeah hit that fucker again yeah. do you know but what, I didn't do that and he was just bland wasn't he, he was Just when he was giving his speech it was just like
2: I'd rather Roy Hodgson did it <laughs> I think the thing, the issue is that not that Liam Liam Hemsworth was bad. I don't think he was bad. I think he did have a bit of charisma, and he was making the best of an awful script. But the film didn't have a central character. There was no one character you could say this film is based around. Lot like the Independence Day in nineteen ninety six had lots of characters, of course, you know, but it had Will Smith as the central point, the central focus. You yeah. followed his story as the invasion occurred um whereas this was just like there's an invasion here's a collection of people reacting to it and some of them you didn't so uh, other than the the,
0: the three old the other characters who you probably knew from the previous film none of the new characters you really got time to learn about find anything about and empathize with them and so get get behind them Liam Hemsworth character you barely got a bit You found out that he was going out with the president ex-president's daughter and that was about it. Then there was there was his mate who was meant to be funny and Chinese girl.
2: Well, so that, that's that... the thing. There was a lot of... Um, this film, more than any other blockbuster I can think, pandered to the Chinese audience. You more know, than Transformers 4? More, more so, yeah. I think this had two characters who was Their, their purpose was to Chinese. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They Yeah, they literally communicate in Chinese, and that's because you know that's where they see them making the money back. Because it's not made so much money here or in America.
1: It's it not looked, big, uh, it, it, uh, I was reading today, it's just about broken even. I exactly. Think, which is not good, good, good for a film called it, Independence Day. It, it <laughs> looked good, though, didn't it? It looked
2: quite stylish oh, and yep. quite slick mm-hmm. and cool and everything. I was but with, it did I, make it, use it, of them. There were locations it didn't make use of. You mentioned earlier about Africa. Why couldn't we see, rather than have a boring meeting and he goes, here's my swords, and look, there's a wall chart of things I've killed, cut out all the shit with Jeff Goldblum's dad, which, as you said as well, was pointless, did not bring anything to the film at all. It wasn't funny, it wasn't endearing, it wasn't charming. Cut out all of that, and instead, when you introduce these, these African characters and the African warlord... Show them hunting the aliens. You know, you're only told yeah. that there are still aliens about. You don't well, see do you know, them, you don't have any evidence. Do you know what, you know what else it missed? What?
0: It, it sorely missed. Two British guys in the desert, old, like military guys, going, Oh ballyhoe, the Yanks have found a way to defeat the aliens. <laughs> how do you do that? <laughs> That's what it needed. That's what it severely lacked.
2: Yes, possibly. Se severely lacked, <laughs> one, of
0: yeah. one of my favourite bits from the original Independence Day. It's just those two guys in the desert.
2: Yeah. In Morse Co- old Morse code. <laughs> I re- I really was disappointed with Maika Monroe in this because I thought she was excellent in. Ah. Um, th- uh, fuck! What was that horror film, Brooker? The. One with the sex disease. It, oh, it, Mom- follows. it follows. Thank you very much. It follows. Sex yeah. Disease. Yeah, the, the AIDS horror film. The AIDS horror film. Yeah, Maika Monroe was. I thought she was really good at that. She was. She, were,
0: she worked it in there. She was. She was wooden.
2: She was didn't left it just, the wooden. It was. Didn't
1: the whole oh, you know, film you know how it was, feel like the only reason it was there was so that we could get to see Bill Pullman being heroic again.
0: Yeah, but do you know, do you know mm.
1: what? Do you know what annoyed me as well? Of all, the, we're talking about the padding
0: from different bits, this isn't really a spoiler, but you have obviously got the new president, the female president, and she's at her bunker with all the other ones in in whatever mountain it is. And the aliens come down there and they've already destroyed half the earth. And she goes, there will be no peace. No, no shit, love. That's your last word. <laughs> if anyone gets out that bunker, they've said, her last words were, there is no peace.
1: And it was quite apparent because they've blown up half the earth and your moon base. Hmm. See, here's that bit actually, I think, leads on to the biggest issue this film has. Because, and uh, there's a bit of a spoiler, you don't see them die.
2: Well, the, 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 yeah, there's a reason. Well, it, it's absolutely
1: implied, but you mm-hmm. don't see them die. And these fuckers are absolutely turning up again as prisoners in Independence Day 3. Independence well, day.
0: I mean, if we want to talk about spoilers, I don't think people are going to really mind if we give away a little spoiler about... The, the teeing up for a, a threequel is is spectacular. In I've never seen it, but I've never seen anything quite like it.
2: Yeah, no, I, I was expecting post mid or mid credit kind of thing, and nope, nope, it's okay, just it's all just, the next film. Uh, we're doing a third film. How about that then? Yeah,
0: I think Probably there's a way which is basically going to be Battlestar Galactica. I oh. think there's a, bringing Will Smith back for it though. <laughs> I think I think we can get I know his character was killed off
1: with all the shit that's going got, on in this I think we can bring him back Le- I think I do think Lady President will be back as a prisoner mm. I think we, I think we need Will Smith back
2: do you know what I was really disappointed as well while we're just doing minor spoilers the alien that has transferred it's you mean self that, that the, the good alien I just I <laughs> What a cop out! I mean, a bit
1: uh, shit, if, wasn't it?
2: If you're gonna have an alien, have a fucking alien. Don't do that. I mean, what I lack of creativity? A shit
1: version of the ball from the uh, Day After Tomorrow remake.
2: <laughs>
1: Day <laughs> Earth to Still remake.
2: Day Still. I mean, yeah, I just don't really think it was. Valuable. It didn't. It didn't mean anything. Oh, we've evolved past this, where we no longer have physical manifestations of ourselves. We just exist as a virtual. I mean, so you don't exist then, really. You know, is, you're um, a computer program. And we've got
0: a planet full of other aliens where we're teaching them how to kill this alien.
2: Yeah. That. Well, what, the fuck what? are they then? Just, what? just see some aliens. Did you, to, did you want to bring them with you?
0: This army of aliens you got knocking about. Yeah. You've been trained. For years bring them
2: along. and the idea is that there is no way to kill this thing we've never been able to kill the mother alien but now uh, we can because but, uh, yeah but the, the, the the first or second plan they come up with done because like Diet
1: will smith can do it
2: well <laughs> oh, man
1: and it, like, you, just, the fucking the design on that fucking queen alien pissed me off in fir- the first the first film the way they stopped the aliens makes sense
0: if they kept in a deleted scene where he's reverse engineering everything mm. and, it, and they got there and they use Windows 95 to put the virus in the alien spaceship and it kills it that's, that's fine this way they defeat him this time what what's mm. that round round thing saying
2: shoot nah. it shoot it aloft Yeah. it's shield it's got, a, it's got a shield oh the shields stopped working <laughs> why yeah, just get shooting it so it just stopped yeah just I don't, you know
0: how,
1: I don't think you know how shields work owen well it, <laughs> i think what i much rather would have seen getting to the end of that film i think what i much rather would have seen would be the film that you'd make later on and call it the prequel to resurgence and it would be the war between that alien war uh, the warlord and the alien ship that's there
2: but they will would they will never make that and you know why they wouldn't do that no humans you wouldn't have humans you can't um, um, make it's like an unwritten rule where you can't make films like that without humans
1: but what i mean is that you have the alien ship land in africa and start drilling or whatever it's going to do and Mombasa or whatever his name is starts killing aliens i want to see that war i want to see the aliens it, yeah yeah i want to see them because oh
0: and it did sound for a little moment you were saying that black people weren't human
1: <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> totally not racist. That's all. I no. thought
2: you were talking about the war between the spherical robot. Oh, no, I don't. I don't the, care
1: about the war yeah. between the, the orb and the the other because the orb would lose. It's an orb that yeah. does
2: nothing. But the the a guerrilla style warfare between the um. You awesome. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it would be District Nine, but it would be awesome. <laughs>
2: But that's um, what I mean, just a little bit of that, a little bit of action introduced at certain points would have made this build go a lot further.
1: Could we talk for a second just how close apparently the moon is to the earth? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's, Liam that's Hemsworth can get from the moon to Africa in about ten minutes.
0: That's just the technology now, they've reverse engine they can travel like across a galaxy. So surely they can get from the moon to the earth in like a little bit. They just reverse engineered mm. everything.
2: I don't know how advances in technology over twenty years, but in that twenty years, they didn't invent mobile phones. That was quite yeah, funky. yeah. Because obviously they weren't so big in nineteen ninety six, and they just said, like, "Fuck it, we've got spaceships now. It's quicker. <laughs> phoning people, we'll just fly to them in a matter have, of seconds."
1: I have to admit, like when it, it, I had the same reaction to this as I kind of had to, and I know a lot of people don't like it, but I really do. Uh, like Terminator Salvation, and I said, "When they're gonna do another Terminator film?" It has to go all out, and it has to be set in the future, and it has to be a war film, and it will be awesome. And I really enjoyed it. But I said the same thing with Independence. I said, when you make a sequel this long after, you have to go just batshit mental with your film. You It can't be just humans v. aliens again. It has to be completely out there. And given his due, Roland Emmerich made a really fucking bizarre batshit mental alien invasion movie, yeah. where we have alien weapons.
2: And there is always, like, at the end of the Independence Day, you are thinking a bit like District 9, in you know, as we've mentioned that as well, where you feel like there's more to this story now, this isn't the end, this isn't the end, there's, there is more to tell. And they do try to follow it up, to be fair, you know, they give it a good go, at, um, saying. Yeah, there is more to this story, but we don't really want to tell you about the story. We just want to blow things up a bit, yeah. and, and you go, it's,
1: "Oh well." It's by no means, Roland Emmerich's best film, but it's by no means his worst one either. But oh,
2: it's far, far from I, his worst.
1: You know, I came out of the film. I, I, like you said, I went with the wife. I, you know, I had me popcorn and me coffee and me feet up, and I just enjoyed, you know, watching London get annihilated. Mm. You know, I had a bunch of fun with it. I, you know. It could have been a lot better, but mer- it was mercifully short. You know, this is true.
2: It didn't drag.
1: It didn't film, go on
2: forever. Uh, yeah.
1: These films are regularly hitting two, two and a half hours. So for it to be under two, for it to be under two hours before I got to the credits, I was okay with that.
0: Anyway, um, that's that's more or less all for this week's podcast. All we have got to do is recommend some stuff for the week ahead. I'm going with. Uh, Friday lunchtime, twelve forty-five on Film Four. That's the original True Grit.
2: You've pinched my recommendation, so have I? I'll have think something else. Yeah, I had exactly the same thing.
0: Well, there we go. Wow. Um. Mm. Brooker, while Owen's trying to find something, what are you <laughs> going to tell people to watch?
1: I talk very slowly, so Owen has. Some <laughs> I, I, I know what I'm going to recommend can... anyway. It's fine. Uh, well, I'll stick with uh, my what we've been watching film. Uh, I know you have to pay for it, but. Subura is on pretty much every VOD service, so you can go find your favourite and grab it from there. It bounces between 5 and 10 quid for a rental, and absolutely worth all your time.
2: And Owen? Uh, so, instead of True Grit, <laughs> I'm going to pick the uh, fact that Guardians of the Galaxy has been added to Netflix much to zero fanfare. Oh, yeah. They just oh, kind of snuck it in there, and it wasn't even recently added. I had to scroll down and I went to... Um, it was recommended me for watching something else it was like do you like action films and it was like here's Guardians of the Galaxy but when the fuck has that been added and I had a look very recently so there you go if you've missed it too you know if you've not realised that Guardians of the Galaxy is now on UK Netflix there you go that's my recommendation okay
0: Um. so that is all for this week's Film Critics Podcast thanks for listening next week we'll be back Owen with what?
2: a uh, quiz We will have a quiz,
0: Mm. won't we? We'll have a quiz. Yeah, what else are we going (laughs) to have?
2: We are going to have another guest um, and some stuff to talk about. I think we've actually got Liam on for next week and we've got a TV triple bill, which should... Oh, so you don't have to talk
1: about Absolutely Fabulous or Central Intelligence.
2: (laughs) Well, to tie in with AbFab, basically, we're having um, TV movies. Basically, movies based on TV shows rather than films made for TV, if you see what I mean. Cool. Alpha Papa, the David Brent film, all that kind of
1: thing. Okay. Sex in the City movie.
2: Sex in the City Entourage. I'm okay with Entourage.
1: I'm the only person that's okay with Entourage.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The Failed Critics podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes, created by James Diamond with original music provided by Kevin MacLeod of incompetech.com, remixed by James Yule of jamesyule.com. You can find us at failedcritics.com, on Twitter at failedcritics, and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash failedcritics. Thanks for listening.